Welcome back to the land of logic, where common sense reigns supreme and cultural stewardship falls to each of us. I'm your host, the chief of the Eric Deems Show, Eric Deems. You can always reach me, chief, at ericdeemshow.com, on the socials, at Eric Deems Show. I am delighted to come back here on a Friday to give you the Deems List. Anything I deem important, nothing else. Our weekend Review segment here at the Eric Deem Show, where we provide a toll-free bridge to reality so that we can escape the infestation of the woke mob that's looming all around. And what a week we have. There is so much going on. Today, the vice president, remember her? She's the czar of the border crisis. Yeah, she's heading to the border uh, some hundred days after being appointed that. The Supreme Court has weighed in on several things. Um, we'll get to that. A guitarist, another guitarist in London has decided that they need to speak out. What does that mean for you? Software mogul John McAfee has uh, been suicided or committed suicide. Uh, you decide. Interesting stuff surrounding that. And 80% of Americans are saying that they support a voter ID. That and much more. First, I want to tell you how much I have enjoyed getting back out and about. The world is open. We're in a post-pandemic world. COVID, while it still exists, uh, it's just not there at the pandemic level or even an epidemic level anymore. So kudos to those of us who are COVID survivors. I know many of you are like me and have lost loved ones or family, friends, folks in your orbit, what have you, and um, their memory cannot be in vain. But nonetheless, we must go forward and honor them by living our best lives. I attended uh, a great concert just the other night um, in Nashville, and it was outside, and it was wonderful. It was picturesque. So the, the weather was perfect, just a light breeze. It was, it was outdoor. It was an outdoor string quartet playing um, your favorites from, uh, well, a lot of Disney classics. So playing the songs from movies we've all known and, and loved. And I couldn't help but um, just look around and see all the maskless faces and thinking, this is, this is so nice to be back. Now, of course, there was, there was the one couple in the front row that, despite being outside, despite being distanced from other folks and um, who knows whatever else, decided to keep their mask on. And you know what? I'm okay with it. That's the beauty of it. If you have to keep your mask on and you choose to do it, go for it. But don't start imposing what you think and what you believe is best for you on me. What I will tell you is I have forgotten uh, some of the pros to the virtual concerts. Now, there are tons of cons, right? It's so nice to actually experience live music in person. Um, the speakers just don't quite do it justice. I don't care what kind of sound system you have. There's just something about being able to see and experience the bow hitting the strings and, and feeling it, right? You can feel it, you can see it, you can hear the things that maybe aren't being picked up by the microphone. Of course, we were close enough to do that, which is a small, small group. But um, one of the cons to the in-person concert is you have to hear all of these stories that you don't want to hear of those around you. I mean, I got to hear um, <laughs> this couple behind us. It must have been their first time out uh, since COVID began. They were with another couple, and they were going on and on about their the first time they had experienced alcohol. 
One guy was in Toledo, Spain. He was only 20, God forbid. And, um, but it was legal, so it was okay, as he was justifying his actions to his, uh, the other half of his date party. I, the, the concert couldn't have started fast enough. I also heard about a vaccine party they'd put together. Oh, my gosh. This was whenever the, the two couples were trying to outdo themselves with stories. So he tells this story, and then she goes, Oh, well, speaking of alcohol, we had a shot for shots party. So if you got your shot, you were able to come over, and we did shots. So there are the downsides to getting back out in public, and that is, in large part, you have to be out with the public. But nonetheless... Glad to see the country's opening, glad to see people are realizing it, and glad to see you're out and about as well. So the Supreme Court has made some interesting rulings this past week. Two I want to bring up to you. The Supreme Court deals a blow to labor organizing on private property. In other words, unions being able to access private party for the sake of pushing those on said private property into forming and organizing a union. So this is uh, in large part out in California, my West Coasters, you all know this. So uh, the, the California must change the law that allows unions access to farms and other agribusinesses. T to me, this is crazy. But this all started back in 1975. This was, um, Californians will have to modify and abandon this regulation that was put in place in 75 after the efforts of uh, labor leader Cesar Chavez. Yes, you all know that name. The ruling was six to three along ideological lines. Um, and and the, the majority pretty much came down and said, yeah, it's, it's simple appropriation of private property, period. So this California regulation, just think about this. It allows unions access to farms and other agricultural businesses for up to three hours a day 120 days per year in order to organize workers. And if you know anything about the, the workers that are oftentimes on these farms, they're getting paid a daily wage. They oftentimes are staying there. They're migrant farmers. It's, it's what has allowed this part of the economy um, to thrive in many ways. And I've seen several kind of deep dives. Um, the, the folks from the institutions of higher learning love to go out there and try to play gotcha journalism and expose. But what ends up happening is these union thugs go onto these properties and find out that the workers are actually quite happy with their current situation. They come in, they work for a season, they go back home, usually back to Central America, and their families are able to live. See, not everybody is trying to live the latte-sipping life. And that just explodes the brains of these, um, these leftists that are trying to enhance everybody's life, when really they're just trying to help everybody's life look more like theirs. How selfish. Another decision by the Supreme Court, the, a cheerleader prevails at the U.S. Supreme Court in a free speech case. And I think this is actually going to have much larger implications um, this was in an eight-to-one ruling. Um, the, the one lone judge, the conservative Clarence Thomas, uh, was in the dissent. And he, I think he makes a very good point. He said that schools historically could discipline students in circumstances like those presented here and that lower courts will be at a loss in trying to apply the ruling. So keep that in the back of your mind. 
But this student uh, was a, I believe, a sophomore. Uh, let me find the notes here. <laughs> yes. So she sued the school after being kicked off of the cheerleading squad because of a profanity-laced social media post. And she sued that that was um, beyond reach. It was an overreach from the school, and it made it all the way to the Supreme Court and was upheld, in large part because she was off campus. And they made, you know, in the majority opinion, they've made some comments on the fact that if she were on campus in uniform, those kinds of things would be a different story. I think this is going to have a much wider um, application here because social media is going to be around forever. If you are on social media doing something, if there's a picture, if there's a video, it's not going away. And we've talked about in the past how students have gotten in trouble, uh, in particular, with the N-word. You know, years before, there was a, a girl who used the N-word, I believe, as a freshman or a sophomore in high school, and the University of Tennessee removed her scholarships because a fellow student of hers used it uh, with malice to expose something that she had done three or four years earlier. Obviously, she was beside herself, and that is not something to condone in any way, but what we're talking about here is free speech and the ability for somebody to have their free speech protected. Speech needs protected not when we agree with it and think it's great, but when it's abhorrent, when it's terrible, and when it shouldn't be um, celebrated. So I think that Clarence Thomas brings up a very good point. How are we going to start applying this at lower levels? So this is going to be something, and um, you know, the court loves kind of setting these things up that lead to uh, the opportunity for further clarification down the road, and I think that's what's going to happen. But let me be very clear. I am no legal expert, and so if you're looking for that, you've reached the wrong show. Guitarist of Mumford & Sons quits the band to speak freely. As you may recall, he spoke out um, via a tweet, um, and uh, Winston Marshall, you may all know of him. He was a founding member of the rock group Mumford & Sons. But anyway, he tweeted uh, in March uh, about the book Unmasked. And because it was written by a right-wing activist, well, everybody went nuts. And so Marshall has decided he needs to step away from the band. The other guys of the band said they wish him best for the future and that they love him. Um, they invited him to stick around with the band. But this just goes to show you how the woke mob, 200 people on Twitter, can get more done than, well, members of Congress, it seems like these days. But I think it's very interesting. We've talked about Eric Clapton in the past, uh, just in recent episodes, about how he has been publicly shamed for just asking questions about the vaccine that he took and that gave him health concerns. So I'm, I'm glad to see that there are some folks across the pond where I, uh, as you all know, a big fan of the musicians that come out uh, of the London market. But um, anyway, quite interesting. Quite interesting, isn't it? Also, since we're across the pond, let's talk about it. The larger-than-life software mogul John McAfee has died by suicide in a Spanish prison. And that is according to a, his lawyer. What's so interesting is um, this entrepreneur came out very publicly in the last couple of years saying that he would never commit suicide, even got a tattoo stating such, and said if it ever happened, it would be because he was exposing things that uh, 
that the CIA and others would not want exposed, or that he's a liability even, in fact. I also find it interesting that about 30 minutes after he died, his Instagram posted a picture of a Q, perhaps a nod to the QAnon movement, of which he was um, not a stranger. He lived uh, many years on the run from U.S. authorities, um, quite a bit of time on a mega yacht, and was indicted in Tennessee, of all places, on tax evasion charges, and was charged in cryptocurrency fraud in a case in New York. So, understandable why he would be out and about. Uh, a lot of questions around his death, but I doubt we will ever get to the bottom of it. But something worth thinking about, especially as your uh, McAfee virus software is being updated. Kamala Harris, our vice president, heading to the border today, in fact. I find this to be quite interesting in that Donald Trump, the former president, announced he was making a trip next week, uh, accepting the invitation of the Texas governor and lawmakers, Republican lawmakers in Congress. So he's heading down there next week. Within hours after that was announced, Kamala Harris said she was going to be making her trip down. And, of course, it can't come without criticism, right? Several folks, including the two senators from Texas, as well as uh, members of the congressional delegation, have come out and criticized her. She's going to El Paso, which, yes, it is on the border, but it is more than a 1,000 miles from where the crisis is actually happening. Uh, for those of you that don't know about the Texas border, it's big, just like everything in Texas. And the, kind of the ground zero of what's occurring here on the problem, the crisis on the border, is down near the Gulf. So closer to the Gulf, um, near Brownsville, that area, if you're familiar with it. So should be interesting to see how this plays out today. Uh, we will be off the airwaves by then, but uh, no doubt available for your comments uh, at Eric Deem Show on the socials. 80% of Americans say they support voter ID. Uh, a Monmouth University poll comes out and says, yes, this is the case. A party breakdown. 91% of Republicans are for it. 62% of Democrats. 87% of independents. I, I think it's pretty interesting that this has become a partisan issue. Uh, and that's so sad. It's a, a part of the divide and conquer uh, narrative that's happening in the country. So resist that. Uh, you need an ID to do everything. And hurdles to get an ID just simply don't exist like they did in the Jim Crow era. We are beyond that. We are past that. That's something to celebrate. That Jim Crow era is no longer around. Quit trying to hold on to it to perpetuate division. No. Celebrate the fact that the country has moved forward. Give the freedom to as many people as possible to vote. And we want people to be able to vote fairly and vote once. So uh, to me, this is um, a good thing. 80-20, right? This is a principle. We live by, I've talked about it before, the 80-20 rule. If you're 80% of the way there, you're practically there. So uh, let's keep it moving. The final story here I want to mention, the world's most premature baby turns one. That's right. A baby was born so, mature, so premature that he was given a 0% chance of survival. He just celebrated his first birthday. So happy birthday to Richard, born five months prematurely, weighing in at less than a pound at just 21 weeks. The Guinness World Records organization has recognized him as the world's most premature baby, and he was so small that his parents could hold him right in the palm of their hand. We celebrate life here at the Eric Deem Show, 
in all shapes and sizes. And so a happy birthday again to Richard. Any comments, any stories from the week that I've neglected here? I'll still listen to them. Chief at ericdeemshow.com. As always, thanks for tuning in, and be sure to go back and listen to The Eric Deem Show. It was a shorter one this past week, but I let you into my morning routine and how I start and set my day up for success, and so can you.